Evolved Spartans to Podcast Evolved, part of Evolved, your home for Halo. Podcast Evolved hosts original lore series and recaps monthly Halo news. Our current lore series is Infinite Impressions. I am your host, Aaron. With me today, we've got Steve. Hello. And we've got Nathan. What's going on, guys? And if you haven't guessed from the fact that we have Steve and Nathan, we're going to talk about Forge shit. Or as I put in the notes here, we're going to discuss Forge stuffs. I love Forge stuffs. I like Forge stuffs. It's mostly good stuffs. Uh, before we get started, we will do a little housekeeping. So, welcome to Evolved. We host a variety of shows. This is Podcast Evolved. It is our main show. You can go and check out our previous lore series, The Very Long Road to Infinite, and the character dossiers. Evolved also hosts shows like Mission Debrief, Builds with Blocks, HCS Pro Talk, Halo TV+, Halo Gear Guide, Halo Book Club, and Halo Headlines. You can learn more about all of our shows over at the website, EvolvedHalo.com. If you're already a fan, we would like to ask you to take a minute to go and leave us a review on your podcast service of choice. We would greatly appreciate all the feedback. We would also like to take a minute to thank all of our patrons for their continued support. Uh, your contributions help make everything we do possible. Guys, honestly, thank you very much. Uh, if you've been paying attention, you will have noticed that the first patron-exclusive podcast episode went live this week at the time of recording, so you will be getting those fairly regularly now. It's uh, I Would Have Been Your Podcast. It is the first episode, so it's me and Ian talking mostly about Star Trek, if memory serves correct. You can go and listen to that on the feed. You also have access to early episodes, unique swag, access to the podcast soundtrack, the special Discord channel, and a few other little things. Um, you can go and check all that out at patreon.com forward slash Halo Evolved. And finally, we would like to ask all of our listeners to take a minute to support us through Audible. You can listen to all of the Halo novels all in one place, along with thousands of other novels, guided wellness programs, and more. Use the URL audibletrial.com forward slash podcast evolved and you can sign up today. And I have no recommendation on an audiobook at the minute because at the time of recording, I am four days away from getting my next credit. So I'm not actually sure what my next audiobook will be. Probably something sci-fi. I've done a couple of... I've done a couple of fantasy books in a row. I know it's so shocking to think that I would have like a type like that. When did you get into, into sci-fi? A little while ago. It's pretty new. I saw this really good TV show called Halo. Oh. Oh wow! Is that is that anything like uh, that 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 game series? Um, it it kind of, but better. Like it's <laughs> it's far superior to the the games, but like it's you know it's pretty good. I think there's potential, so I might give that another go. We'll have to have a look and see. Lucas has a few suggestions for stuff, so I might hit him up. Oh, Lucas always has a ton of stuff. He was suggesting a few sort of like military fiction-y things to me, so I might give one of those a go. But apart from that, uh, let's see, any other? I can't really, I think I can always go with uh, the Karen Travis books if you just want some recommendations on the Halo book go listen to those they're quite good I'm currently reading uh, Mortal Dictata so that's exciting it's a good book I've, I started it a while ago and then kind of fell off so I'm trying to get back into it and I think the first part is just a bit of a, a slow burn but I feel like it's starting to pick up a little bit now so I'm enjoying it I enjoy her books a lot I know 
some of the Halo community don't like them because those characters do not like Dr. Halsey, but there's a very good reason for that. Dr. Halsey's a terrible person. Yeah. We shouldn't like Dr. Halsey. I know we do. I do. But we shouldn't. She kidnapped and basically tortured hundreds of children. It's not not exactly a uh, an ideal role model, should we say? I also like Parangoski in those novels, and she's also a terrible person, but at least she admits it. So I quite like those books. I think they're good. Well, also, Parangoski has to make those decisions with like the responsibility of the an entire branch of government behind her, whereas Halsey's decisions are her and just her. Yeah. I saw a thread in Reddit where someone asked a question. They were like, would the UNSC and the Empire from Star Wars get along if they were in the same universe? And you were like, uh, well, the Empire's racist, so like they probably wouldn't. They'd probably want to take over, but both of them are quite bad in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, when you start putting it like that, it's like, hmm, we're already genetically engineering children and combine that with a racist government. Things are going to go really wrong really fast. But, of course, the real answer is that the UNSC would win because apparently in the Star Wars universe, they never got beyond the broadside when it comes to space combat. Interesting. It's all fighters and broadsiding. Like, any time you see capital ships fight in Star Wars, it's it's literally stormtroopers on cannons on the side of a ship. That's very true. Admiral Cole would have them all beat within about a week. <laughs> that That's the fracture event we're after. Something, something, bring the Empire back there, bomb. Yeah, I, I would quite happily take a fracture event that was just stormtrooper Spartans. Like, that's the sort of thing we need. Right, you can get really cool with the robotic arms and legs off of, like, droid parts. That means that Halo and Disney are going to get intertwined, which I don't think that would... Well, you know, 343's having a tough, tough time, and, you know... No, I'm just kidding. I really don't want Halo to be bought by Disney. That would be bad. It'll be fine. You imagine the theme park will be fantastic. <laughs> and every every ride can just be, like, a VR shooter, so it's, like, brilliant for capacity. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to discuss that. We're going to stop ourselves now because we have something more important to discuss in this episode. The creations from the community. <laughs> yes, we're here to talk about Forge shit. So, I think we have said a couple of times on the show before that the Halo content has been, to put it mildly, a little bit light this year so far. 343 have been in a state of turmoil and fire... And flailing. Gnashing of teeth. Yeah, things seem a little all over the show, so we needed a few other ideas for shows, and one of them was, we're just going to go every now and again and look through the Forge stuff and see what uh, cream has floated to the surface, and we will play it, discuss it, link it in the show notes, and you guys can go and have a look at it as well and see what you think of it. It is pretty much down to the community's going to give us some content for a while. And interestingly enough, 343 decided to go ahead and just drop a playlist doing exactly that. Probably, what was it, a week before recording this? Two weeks before recording this? After we had already discussed doing this? 
Yes, but now you're going to hear our thoughts on this list. So, like, that's the important thing. That's what the people come here for. It's for us. Because they're not going to trust 343 now. They've given them a list and you're going to go like, hang on a minute, guys. You told me there was DLC coming and there's not. How do I trust your Forge maps? So we are going to tell you how good they are instead. And we're going to talk about better ones and maybe some not so better ones and how you should spend your valuable time. Speaking of better ones, or not so better ones, I suppose, will we go with the first one then? Uh, I think so. I know where you're going with this one. So who wants to take the lead on this? You guys are here. Let's go. All right, sure. Since it's the first episode, we thought we'd bring back uh, a classic, little nostalgia hit. We'll cover a Blood Gulch remake. This particular one was a bit of a mashup of Blood Gulch and Coagulation. Had some of the extra, what would you call it, nature, trees, plants, rocks, you know, the, the more extended area of the map. One of the things we all seemed to have a bit of a problem with was the scaling. It seemed as if the players might have been a little too small for most of the map, particularly the cliff edge where Red vs. Blue had the famous scene of the snipers of what are they doing now. That was a nice narrow walkway back in the day. You could uh, just barely squeeze a warthog along there, and on this one you could drive a whole scorpion along it with no problem. Yes, the only thing that stopped me getting the scorpion the whole way through the ledge and the cage was one stalactite, but only for that. Like, I got the whole way up and round in there, so a little bit too big. I think when we were playing, I described it like when you see an advert on TV for, like, Lego, and they've clearly made, like, a shit mock-up of whatever the thing's supposed to be, and the kid's playing with, like, the Lego models or something in it, that's what this felt like. Felt like Megablocks had built like a diorama and then you stuck Spartans in it and went like, it's a bit too big. If a giant toddler had have run around that map and picked up the Banshee and played with it, I'd have been like, this is perfectly to scale. Speaking of Banshees, Nate, do you want to talk about the uh, Banshee situation on that map? Well, we very quickly thought, hey, what's, you know, the canyon is, itself is very pretty. I actually do like the like the look and the feel of the map as far as the style goes. I think that they nailed that pretty well. The canyon, like it's very you know nice sharp color. The sky is nice and blue, and we're like, well, I wonder what's up there and around. So we got into a banshee, and I went up expecting some sort of a a wall or a kill wall or a you know something that would prevent me from going up. But nope, you can fly above the canyon. You can only go so far out of the canyon, but you can get fully above the canyon, uh, which this this map is has been made on the um, the desert canvas in Forge. But you could park your banshee up there and sit on top of Blood Gulch, and if you had a sniper rifle, just wreck shop. You could just sit up there, and because there's only two banshees on the map. I would probably first destroy the other Banshee so that no one could come up and get you. And then you could just sit up there for most of the game and snipe. So we felt like that may have been a problem, maybe a, present a problem for competitive and also um, just social play. If someone is trying to be an idiot, they could just go up there and do that. And there's not too much you could really do about that. So we thought maybe uh, a suggestion could be to just put a either a, a soft kill barrier that would tell you to come back down within a few seconds or literally just a wall that you couldn't go past that would make it impossible for you to go that high so that you can't do that because that was a bit of a problem. 
I mean, I don't, I don't want to trash on it too much. You know, the, the the big openness of the map can definitely lend itself to some good vehicle gameplay. Uh, weapon placement-wise, there wasn't too much there as far as, like, one-shot, destroy vehicle weapons. I don't think we saw a skewer. Did you guys see any rockets on there? There were rockets, yes. There were rockets. Okay. Um, I think there was a heat wave, but that's not really good for distance. That's a nice stop yourself from getting run over at the last second weapon, maybe. I like those, uh, like the the um, green wall teleporters at the bases. Those are very classic, and you could you can even throw things through the teleporters, which is kind of fun. Including a couple fusion coils. Yeah. So no, there's definitely good parts of it. Like I liked, I like, like I said, I like the overall feel of it. Um, I like, you know, feeling the like you're back in those Halo One days is is quite nice. But I found it interesting that the scale was too big because most of the remakes that I've played that people have really tried to make them one-to-one, -one, they're often too small because now we have Sprint and other, other things that make things feel a bit different. So to have a, a remake that was too big was actually the first time that I had felt that way in a map before. So it was almost more like you almost certainly couldn't do a 4v4. It would be too big for that. You'd have to do like a 6v6 or even 8v8 to make it feel like it was you were seeing people frequently and all that. But Even with Sprint, you'd spend so much time running... Yeah, you would you would need to like up the run speed severely, and then it would just be a bit weird. Yeah, and I think Aaron, you were even in a banshee, and it took you two boosts to cross the map, right? Two full boosts before I crossed the entire map. The tank took several years. <laughs> That's more of a deterrent to put it up on the cliffside than actually fitting it on the cliffside. Was how long it would take you to get up there. We did discover that some of the rocks did not exist. They were merely an illusion, which led to me driving around going like, is this real? Yep. Is this real? Nope. Is this real? Yep. The physics were phased. Um, a few things were weird. A few things weren't. And then there was the sparkly disco cave. A little on the large side, that's for sure. It was a pretty pretty disco cave, though. I mean, they, you can't you can't make water yet, but they made this, like the hologram as the floor to make it kind of look a bit shimmery. That was nice. Yeah, I did like the little shimmery holograms to make like the sparkles in it. That was nice. Yeah, I don't know if they're supposed to be like glowing flower petals or some sort of butterfly or something like that, but we got floating forerunner symbols. That was nice. It was pretty. It's it's not a bad map. It just the scaling's off enough that it wouldn't be practical, but like as a as a blood gulch like representation, it nailed most of the key points i definitely think you shrink it down about a quarter and then put a kill ceiling in would be a good start yeah dump a ton of people on there and give them all vehicles and you won't you won't care how big the map is you'll be too busy fighting each other and staying alive and you'll have a blast but it's something to think about yeah and i think it's important too, like whenever we're commenting on things that could be better this is like a million times better than anything I could ever make. <laughs> so I think that that's important too, because um, although there's things that could be better in most of the maps that we're talking about, like the, the creativity that people have to make what they have made is incredible. And I think they're very, very talented people, far more talented than, than I. So oh, Absolutely. I mean, they, they built an entire box canyon, which, as you know, none of the forged canvases are like, okay, here's a flat surface, now pull a hole down into it. No, you have to take rocks and, and structures and 
build up around it and and fake it to look like it's not just a bunch of stuff stacked up on each other. You know, they did have the soft kill barriers. You know, they functioned. They were just a little bit too high, but they were there. The the teleporters were completely functional. They did their job beautifully, even with putting putting grenades through it, putting fusion coils through them. Oh, I I was quite impressed with a lot of it. So I think this is a fairly solid map. Like if you go, I think you could muck about with it with a few friends and have a bit of fun. This next map I was seriously impressed with, though. Yes, this was. If we're going to talk about remakes, this is the kind of one-to-one representation you want to aim for. It scaled just right enough. It it leaves a little bit of freedom for movement, although they set the movement up with scripting that you can't sprint too crazy. Um, our jumps seemed a little bit limited, right? We didn't have clamber. No, you had no clamber, no sprint. The jumps seemed... It all seemed very Halo 3. Yeah, like it, you couldn't really fault it at all. It looked the part... So if we didn't mention, this is Guardian. It's a remake of Guardian. It looks very good. You look around, you see the trees, you're in the trees, like the illusions there. All the platforms are in the right place. The reflective surfaces on the floor, we were looking at them a couple of times till we killed Steve. I was very impressed with this as a map, even down to the sound effects of like the animals as you run around certain sides of the map. You hit that jungle area in the corner with the tree trunk and you can hear the bugs and all that going off. Yeah, and like uh, it had invis on it because at, we were thinking, oh, why is there equipment that, are going, that was invis on this map before? It just didn't have the gravity hammer. Um, I believe there was a brute shot also back in the day, but of course we don't have that now. Yeah, it would have been nice to do like a cinder shot. It would have been nice to have like this cinder shot or something that was like a brute shot. But no, overall, this map was, uh, you know, there's a few different Guardian remakes. So this one, if you're wanting to find it, I'm sure that uh, we'll post the, the links to them too. But this one, the actual name of it was Unique. So U-N-E-E-Q and then Guardian C-H-O, um, which was the few Guardian ones that you'll find, um, which I have played the others as well. The others did feel a little bit small, but I think it was because of the sprint and the clamber and the grapple shot. Like all those things really have a tendency to make maps feel really easy to get around. Whereas this one, it felt like you were playing Halo 3 because it was mechanically very similar and, 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 and graphically was very, very well done. And, um, and then there was no detail that looked out of place or or half-ass like it was very very well done uh, from the lighting to the reflective surfaces to the environment very very true to the original map which is very cool the, the other cool part was in the corner with the fusion coils <laughs> that's what i was gonna bring up you you actually you, you so you, you can try and pick up the fusion coil which you can never do in halo 3 but whenever you try and pick it up it'll automatically drop it so they've obviously scripted something that does not allow you to pick them up and throw them, which is good because if you want it to be, you know, a one-to-one remake, you you couldn't do that. In, it was in just Halo an exploding 3, so. wall in Halo Three, right? So then, and they'll respawn pretty quickly after they explode, which is kind of nice. But um, Steve was on the other team, and I had picked one up to be like, "Look, look, I can't pick it up." And then he shot it, and then I was like, "Oh crap!" Started backing up, and then you know how fusion coilers are like half blown up, how they start moving around on the ground because they're half on fire. Well, this one started to chase me. This one started to chase me down the hallway. Which, to be fair, if I had a grapple shot, I would have gotten away from. But this one was, uh, 
very hard to get away from and didn't end up killing me, so... And that's something to mention, Comparative, comparatively speaking, we played a couple of other Guardian remakes together, and one of them, that fusion coil wall they had also made, but they didn't stop us from being able to pick up the coils. They had a different man cannon set up around that elbow where the active camo spawns that launches you to the top middle of center ring was a much different man cannon. It was pointed up higher and it launched you a little too far. You know, th- little details like that, they make a difference, especially on such a small map. Yeah, I feel like if I had have played this map in a Slayer rotation in the game, I would have been like, oh, 343 threw this together. Because it felt good enough to be a genuine, oh, this is our infinite take on this classic map. Yeah, it looked very much like it was dev made. Definitely round of applause there. It may have been one of the best looking maps I've played. This next one may have been one of the one of the more ridiculous types we played. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. I did have a lot of fun with it. So this was Joyriders. It is a it's an infection game type. Quote unquote infection. Yep. Scripted infection. It it was a lot of fun. Like you you start off you're in a garage, there's a selection of vehicles and everyone jumps into a vehicle and goes to take off on the like racetrack sort of setup and then someone drops dead and respawns at a little cage at the top of the map that has four teleports and you can uh, sprint fast, you have a sword and you're pretty much just the infected and you have to go around and kill everyone else. Not so easy when there's only three of you, but would be absolute chaos with two full teams of eight. Yeah. Oh, it would be wild. The just the, the the mechanics of when you're infected, not only are you five times the normal speed of a regular player, but it feels like your feet also move five times as fast because whenever you're sprinting, you can hear like you're just like running at people and if you're driving away from someone you can hear them chasing you and it's it's a little bit terrifying. Especially watching the red dot on your radar and not get farther away as you're driving full <laughs> throttle in your Warthog That's Among the Us. one thing, actually. I think the run speed needs to be slightly faster than the vehicle, so you're very slowly catching up with it, because they're exactly the same speed. So when the Warthog takes off at full tilt, you can't close the distance, but you can keep up with it. The only, the only, the only way around that is if the only brown, uh, way around that is if you slide. So I found by the end of it, because I was sliding more, not jump sliding, but just sprint slide, sprint slide, I was actually overtaking people by doing that. So I don't so I think that they that they made the like this the, the, the slide speed also drastically increase, which um you gotta be careful with that because there's spots that there's no railing on. So if you start sliding around and all of a sudden you <laughs> go flying off. You the map. sacrifice all control when you slide, as I learned a couple of times the hard way when I either slid off the map or slid into things or whatever. Just give yourself up to the gods of momentum. There's a, there's two security barriers and like an arch at one point on the map, and I drove at the one that was down by accident and just wedged my warthog in tight. Like, I expected to bounce off it, but instead it just wedged in onto the bar. I was like, oh shit, I'm stuck. And you had done it about a minute and a half after I did the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, everyone has to learn by doing. Yeah, and it should be noted too that when, when you are not infected, um, you can choose to drive around in a vehicle, but if either your vehicle gets blown up and you don't, or 
you just don't want to drive a vehicle, you also have bottomless clip of shotgun and sniper. And when I say shotgun, I mean the bulldog, so I gotta clarify that, because it's not a Halo shotgun, but it's still not a bad shotgun. But uh, you have bottomless clip of that, so it's a one-hit kill for anyone that you're trying, anyone one of the in- infected, but, uh, you know, use at, I, I use at your own risk. There is a little sort of outcropping on the one side of the map where there's sort of a tower set up with some turrets and kind of like a last resort. There's not very much cover. There's not very many obstacles. There, it's drive in a circle with a couple of little bumps, get through the toll booth. There's a little side pit road and avoid getting stabbed. <laughs> drive as fast as you can and don't get stabbed. Yeah, I think with, with the three of us, we were having fun. Like, it was definitely fun. But I feel like if you had, a, like, a full fire team of 16 people, like, it would be it would be either just, you know, it worked really well or it would just turn into absolute chaos, which I think both would be good. But uh, there is no limit on the number of rounds. So be mindful of that when you're playing it. When you go, oh, I wonder when the game will end. It won't. You just have to decide when you're done. <laughs> be great to just leave it up as a 24-7 server. It was funny that I thought the, mo- the the moment that turned out to be the scariest was when we were playing and I decided to stop moving and you guys were together run around so then you were like I, d- I don't see him. He went around the corner. He's not there. And then there was the panic and I was just sitting there like by myself going like oh they can't even hear me running now. No one knows where I am. I was like this is great. That was fun but uh it is comical listening to the tappy tappy footsteps, but that was a lot of fun as a as a map goes. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, very simple idea, and I think that that sometimes what are some of the most fun ones is not you know the complicated ones are really fun, but sometimes it's just a simple idea and the right scripting and the right right mechanics, and it can make for a really really fun time. So yeah, really enjoyed that one a lot. It was quite fun. Yeah, and speaking of fun, this next one was quite fun as well, although you guys were saying possibly a slightly broken map because of some colour issues with it. So this was a take on um, episode one, uh, the strange power area for Ju- where Jewel of the Fates takes place. The Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, well, what is that area? What is it for? That's a great question. Well, they're on Naboo, right? I think that's where the battle takes place around Naboo. Who knows what the area is for, but um, quite a great area for a battle. So it's sort of this big black chasm with these big white pillars of light in the movie, and then there's these sort of circular platforms and bridges that connect different levels, and it's where Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are fighting Darth Maul viciously. And uh, it's a quite a good scene. Remember the, the music? Like the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
um, sort of the center bridge, if you go down to the end, there's the, the um, scripted red sort of barriers that pop up, much like it does uh, in the movie, so you can't go past a certain point. And then you'll notice the little wall beam emitters will kind of turn and then sh shut off, and you can continue to run down the hallway. At the end of the hallway, there's a sort of circular room, like where Qui-Gon dies and Darth Maul is thrown down the, the pit in the center of the room. Another room that we don't know the purpose of. Yeah, I don't really know what what this room is. That's a, that's a good thing to research. There's a lot of like bottomless pits and very unnecessarily deep chasms and no handrails in this universe. Like, why does no one believe in safety? It seems like an issue. But um, some idiot while we were playing this definitely didn't follow another person down the hole and fall to his death. Not realizing there's a hidden ledge with a grapple shot sitting on it. <laughs> I thought I could get you before you fell to the bottom. Instead, I fell. And then when I saw you grapple, I didn't look. I thought I had a grapple, so I hit my I hit my ability and then... Learned that you were equipped with the repulsor from spawn. And, and I shot myself faster down the hole. Not only did I die, I died faster. So that was a comical moment. It was a learning experience. <laughs> I just googled it, and it turns out that this area in Star Wars lore is apparently... A plasma mine. So plasma was Naboo's chief export. So this is like a spot where they're trying to mine plasma. And then those gates were meant to control like emissions in the case of like a reactor breakdown. So basically we're just in a giant like intake or exhaust valve. Yeah. And they couldn't have put a handrail around it. <laughs> it's kind of cool because all around the map there's probably three or four different levels you can run around. Um, and there's sort of these man cannons that are really quite well made to jump up to a certain spot on the next section. Um, and some of them actually, their paths do collide. Uh, Steve and I at one point did jump and swipe at each other in the air, and I did win. Uh, although I think I did end up falling to my death because colliding with, with him having a sword battle did change my trajectory, so I did not survive. But uh, very, very cool to just run around and do that. And uh, again, the tappy tappy when you're being chased kind of funny and everyone also has a uh, unlimited ammo of a uh, repulsor at, at the same time like it's forced push almost so if someone's running at you you can push them away push somebody in the air as you pass them see if they fly off whoever scripted or set up the man cannons for this map they did a wonderful job with the angle the arc the trajectory all of it you feel like a Jedi. If you don't get wild and start trying to jump, repulse, launch yourself through one, you'll always land on one of the catwalks. It'll never just ruin your day and throw you off the map for no reason unless you're trying to. No, overall, it's it's quite fun. It's probably going to be best played as like a free-for-all mode because then it is quite large uh, if you have a smaller group, but... It's it's a pretty fun map. It's a fun idea. It's symmetrical, but there's no real predefined spawn areas for teams to work out well. The only thing with it would be when you die and respawn and can pick up the assault rifle, you would end up taking the Darth Maul room and just shooting people through the force fields on the way in. That's the only flaw with that. Yeah, because I don't like. I I think there's a way to script it so that you spawn with a certain weapon set, but for some reason. In this map, you spawn, and then it immediately makes you drop your AR and pistol that you would have spawned with for Slayer, and it gives you the energy swords, but it also allows you to pick back up the guns that you just dropped. So that's... that You have to be you have to play with honest people, or else they'll start shooting you instead of running around with 
lightsabers. So don't play with Krista, that's the answer. They have to make a mechanic where you can de- deflect AR bullets with energy sword. Then we're, then, then, then we're talking. We may have to come up with something. Uh, right, this next one, also quite fun. Uh, this, now, I will admit, once I worked out how the sausage was made, it was a little bit less impressive. But when we first loaded it up, I was blown away by this. So... Uh, light in the black slash phase shift is what we're talking about. How do we want to describe this? I think I said... The destiny explanation worked. Yes. It reminded me of a Vex level, like time shifting back and forth between two areas of the same map. Like this is what it is. You load in, you're in an all white sort of environment. You hit your equipment and then you teleport to a dark, like not quite black version of the environment. And... When you teleport from one to the other, the other players that didn't teleport are left behind. So now there's a bit of a wait because you have to slap your equipment on, then you teleport, and then there's a quick cooldown with it. So you can't spam it back and forth instantly. It's just long enough to do some sneaky sneak plays. It is, although I, I do still wish you didn't have the wind up on deploying the equipment. I would rather have a longer cooldown. And just have it like kick in instantly for the for the like teleport. But I was pretty impressed with this. Like it's a lot of fun. Depending on which version of the map you're in, different things. There's light bridges that are there in one version that aren't there in the other. Um like th- this was a lot of fun. But then after a couple of minutes, I started to realize, oh, I hear the two guys shooting at each other. They're in the other area to the left of me, because the secret to this is it's actually two versions of the same map. So there's the light map and the dark map beside each other, and you're just teleporting back and forth between them. Yeah, the equipment piece is scripted to move you over like 300-some-odd units along one axis to get you out of the one building and into the other in the same position of the room that you were in in the last room. Now, Steve, you were saying that you looked at the node for this, like the node graph. Can, how does it go back and forth? forth like does hitting it once make you go to the left and hitting it again we should go to the right or how does that work uh, if i remember right that's how it did work i don't have it up in front of me right this second i was mostly focused on the directional movement and seeing how it sat with the two maps next to each other but i was i was i was building a general scale idea of it you know the big detail was catching that it's moving like 300 some odd units i believe it was along the z axis which was just horizontally in one direction whereas another version of this map it did it one map was below the other and it would just teleport you up and down a set amount of units where you were still in the same part of the room but the other room could you imagine if you hit it and the script malfunctions and it puts you the other way and now you're just like falling down in the void you're like nowhere <laughs> yeah this was created on the on i believe it was one of the void like sandboxes where there's not much around it they're just floating rooms um like i said the other version of this map it it's very scenic it looks a lot prettier i've a different opinion on it gameplay wise but functionally speaking because it sits on top of the other room in its version the radar functions as if you're running around and there's an invisible guy running around near you. You don't, you can see that he's not there. You can hit the equipment and he'll be right there as soon as you flip over. But the radar shows where he is. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
But the other thing that that's different about that one is the fact that they also have made it so that there's a glowing orb that's what I assume a certain distance above or below that correlates to where the map is. So if I'm in the other dimension, quote unquote, and this is in the, the, the phase shift map, and I'm like above, um, I'm like in the upper dimension, so maybe like the light one, um, and the dark dimension below, there's a glowing orb. Basically a waypoint. Correlating to where I am so that everyone else can see that that's where I am in the other dimension. Which in some sense is kind of funny because you're running around with these orbs that are jumping around throughout the map um, that suddenly turn into people. Um, the only problem that I do have with that is the fact that you can't tell if the orb is a friendly orb. Like they're not a certain color if they're a friendly orb. And you just have to look at your radar to figure out which of the which of the orbs are friendly or not. Because suddenly they just change and it's enemies. So. We can we can cover that version of the map like the next episode that we do as well. We can get more into detail on that one, but this particular one that we did, it it's it reminds me a lot of the old cold storage map and the way the arena is laid out. It's a closed arena like area. You can load a lot of people up in it or run with just a few people and it plays well. Um, we played it with the Pro Talk guys a whole bunch. Had a whole lot of people in there. And it was a blast, especially watching guys who were planning for where you were going to come running out to just see somebody appear out of nowhere flying down at you from the sky. Yeah, it's a fun time. It's neat that there's like spots where like where either where like a bridge exists or a ramp exists only in one of the dimensions. And so in order to access a certain spot on the map or a certain like door, you have to be in the one dimension and not the other. So. Makes for some fun moments. Yeah, the rockets were sitting on a platform jutted out of a wall up high in, in the white side of the room, and there was no way to get up to that platform. But the dark side of the room had a ramp up to that platform, but the rockets weren't there. So you had to portal navigate yourself around the map, basically. You had to think with portals and go, okay, I need to go to the dark room so I could go up this ramp, then go to the white room so I can get to this platform, then go back to the dark room so I can move upward a little bit more. It's it's fun. It's a nice puzzle to play with. Yeah, I feel like there's lots of potential for, like, more, like, puzzle-type maps as far as, like, maybe, like, what do they call it? Like, those, like, parkour maps where you have to, like, be in a certain one of the dimensions to make it through an obstacle course or go back and forth and do that. And that could, that could be a fun mechanic too, to be used in other sorts of ideas for maps. I mean, I could, I could see myself just spending hours upon hours in a playlist centered around this functionality as gimmick, so to speak, where there's two mirroring maps where you jump back and forth between one and the other, whether it's objective modes or, even just you know arena slayer modes, the the enclosed arena versions of the map are so much fun, and they they fl- they pl- flow really well, they play really well. There's cover while still making it functional and making it fun to traverse. Yeah, absolutely, it's a good one. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, right, so we've got one more map to talk about. Who wants to tell us about Solitude? I'll talk about Solitude, I guess. So Solitude is, if you don't know, uh, was a city in Skyrim um, in the northwest corner of the map, Um, sort of a castle town that's situated kind of over this sort of stony arch that's uh, over top of a lake. This was a very beautiful map as far as aesthetics and just overall design goes, which is why we included it. Um, We thought that it was a 
very uh just well designed well made looks like a dev map if you ask me i mean solid functionality aside this map is what i'd call an art piece yeah absolutely um, you start either one team and sort of spawns at the bottom of the hill where there's a sort of a dock and some boats, and then you can sort of go up some switchbacks, take a vehicle up the, the sort of mountainside, and then approach the the city through the main gates, and then you get into the city and there's little shops and towns and benches and fires and little things hanging between the houses and um, you know churches with stained glass and just really like it 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 felt like you were in solitude in Skyrim and almost like the graphics because it was. You know, our graphics have improved so much since Skyrim came out. It did feel like even better graphic sort of resolution and detail than some of the older uh, versions of Skyrim were, which was kind of cool. And as you got up towards the top of the, the, the castle, there's sort of this palace at the, at the top, which there was a name for that I know in the game, but I forget that now, but that doesn't matter. And then up there is uh, sort of the other player, other team's uh, spawning area. Um, there's some rocket launchers, a skewer, some snipers spread out throughout the map, and um, you can play it with Slayer, but the map, the mode that we were trying it on was uh, one flag, capture the flag. It wouldn't really work with two flag, capture the flag. I don't think it might, but it made the most sense to be going from the bottom of the map um, and trying to push your way up through the, through the castle, through the town um, to get the flag and then bring it back down. And uh, yeah, overall, a very like large map. This was actually the first map that I had ever, ever played that was built. I believe the first map I ever played that was built on like the the wetlands or like the marsh canvas. There is no actual like water in Forge yet, but in the marshland there is some water, so I get why they chose that that one. But yeah, overall, very 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 good map. It's a very beautiful map. I could see it absolutely being a lot of fun for actually infection of all things, like just trying to defend and having to fall back the whole way up the hill as more and more people fall to the infected. I think there could be some fun in that. But no, I was blown away by it. Like I, We flew over it a couple of times in the Wasp, and it just looks really good. The reflections on the sea like of the map and running around it just looking at all the details and going like this is a really well done skyrim map i mean we've got some amazing tools now forge has come so far since what we were doing in halo 3 with glitching blocks to phase together to build a simple structure out of crates you know it's a, we got to give so much credit to these forgers what they've done without resources nowadays we don't have water and these guys are making holograms and glass textures to make water you know the super super crazy shout out to all of the all these guys out there so much so much time and effort that um to my knowledge anyway no one's paying them for so i think it's it's amazing that people have chosen to spend so much of their time and energy into making some of these these maps and this is just like six maps and we've talked for like 45 minutes almost now about you know, six maps. There's so many more that are are uh, are amazing, and you know we'll cover more in the, in the future for sure. But Halo community never fails to be amazing, and that's uh, something that I think will. Whenever I have doubts about the future of Halo or worried about where things are going, I just look to things things like this and just go, yeah, there's no way we're going anywhere. <laughs> no, the community will keep it going forward, full steam. Well, you know, we've got the tools. Thank you to 343 for giving us the tools, especially this time around with how expansive they are. You know, they're doing a decent job of putting other community creations in the spotlight. Again, now that we have this playlist for it, 
Now, we debated covering the maps that were in the playlist, but they're already in the spotlight. Let's let's bring some more up to the forefront. And if you guys have other maps that you guys find cool, like feel free to reach out to the Evolve crew, and uh, you know we'll consider covering those in, in the future for for sure. It's always good to hear about other cool maps that people have found that maybe aren't aren't in the recommended tab or aren't in the popular tab in the in the uh, content browser, but are, are are worth covering. The thing I look forward to is talking about this in a year's time and being blown away by like the leap in quality or like creativity with the maps because like you get this stuff now but you know fine rightly someone's gonna discover how to program something really cool and then someone else is gonna come along and go like this mechanic's going to go in this map and it's going to blow your mind and in 12 months time we're gonna be sitting here going like do you remember when we thought that that solitude map was as cool as it got in a year a year from now we're gonna be playing a version of solitude where every single one of those interiors is gonna be open and detailed instead of just blocked off doors or like it'll be a version of phase shift where there's some bad shit crazy stuff going on you're going like ah do you remember that simple phase shift oh we were so naive (laughs) back then so that's the thing i always look forward to with this and like even back with like halo all the forges i think like the level of creativity people have always managed to come up with like you even think back to halo 3 and i remember being blown away with the haunted house infection game type built in the warehouse map and you like you look at it now and you go like someone could probably whip that up in five minutes in infinite's forge and then build a city around it of other houses but like it's just come a long way which really impresses me and there were genuinely a few times this evening where we looked at games and game types and maps and i just stopped for a second and went holy shit this is forge yeah, some dude made this by himself or by herself, just sitting there with a controller or you know, a mouse and keyboard in their hand on their regular home unit. This is not a whole dev team building a map. These are these these people are amazing. Yeah, and I think too, the thing that really gets me excited about the future of Forge is what three four three has said about how they're trying to get um like campaign AI into Forge. Because I feel like it, once you do that, you know, we're all kind of bummed out that there's not going to be a lot of hope for campaign DLC for Infinite in the near future. We'll do it ourselves! <laughs> but the amount of creativity that people could have to make, either remake, you know, what I imagine being, you know, if they make the campaign AI, within, you know, six months of that, there's guaranteed going to be Halo 3 Anniversary remade in, in Infinite's Forge. Like, if, if something like that isn't possible through the devs for right now, the community is definitely going to do stuff like that. And that is really, really exciting to me. Yeah, well, I think that'll wrap us up for now then. So, like, it was a good time. Go and look. I will drop all of the links for these into the show notes so you can go and track these maps down and have a play at them yourselves. See what you think. And then we will bring some more community creations in the future and hopefully the cool shit keeps coming so we will uh we will be back to this again have no fear maybe we'll tweak how we do it a little bit we've got some ideas well we might yeah if if people have suggestions as well you can drop them in we will uh, i'll read it here actually if you have a map or a game type that you've discovered that you want to tell us about or if you make something and you think it's cool enough that it might warrant a look at Give us a call on 205 Evolved. That's 205-386-5833. Leave us a voicemail. You can text that number as well. You could drop us an email. 
uh, if you want, like, do whatever you fancy. But you can drop us and tell us, and we will have a look at it. And if we think it's cool, we will talk about it because we will continue to play shit and see what happens until things calm down at three four three, and we see how they're going in the future. Fingers crossed. Future, yeah. Well, we'll make our own future if we have to, buddy. We, we will find out what happens. Uh, we've probably only got a year or two to wait until certain affinity give us something new. So until then, forge, forge and more forge. Right, guys, thank you for joining us. You can find every episode of all of our shows on the website, EvolvedHalo.com. If you want to listen to everything all in one place, follow Halo Podcast Evolved in your podcast service of choice. Once again, a special shout out to all of our patrons for your continued support. You help make everything possible go to patreon.com forward slash halo evolve to learn more and like i said there give us a voicemail it doesn't have to be about this you can drop us voicemails on anything halo related at 205 evolved 205 386 5833 and with that i have been your host aaron and until next time evolve evolved evolved, evolved.